The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engage and Wall Street alum and top WBE CEOs. I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey there, Mita. Hey, D. I'm Mita Malik. I'm a business executive. I'm a DE&I champion. And most importantly, I'm a working mother. And listen, uh, Mita and I, we started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in the workplace. From my perspective as a Black woman, Black woman over here, and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman, and at our table, we unpack it all. We won't leave any juicy detail out. But then we provide you with tips you need on how to survive. Well, not just how to survive, but how to thrive in organizations. So Mita, what are we talking about on today's show? All right, everyone, pull up and listen close. Today, we are talking about another hot topic. We don't do it any other way. What to do when you are the target of gaslighting. And this is one that's particularly painful for me that we'll be discussing. And D and I are not going to leave anything left on the table. We're going to unpack it all, spill the tea, and then we always have tips at the end, not just for women of color, but also for all the allies who are listening as well. Yeah. And you know, so Mita, I know you wrote a piece for Harvard Business Review. And actually, I should mention, because you're so modest about it, humble about it. But, you know, I think the value that we bring to the show is that not only are, some would say we are subject matter experts, but you contribute to all of the major business publications from Forbes, Fortune, Inc., Entrepreneur, all of them. But you write for Harvard Business Review and you did a piece in the Harvard Business Review on gaslighting, which you included me. Thank you so very much. The piece was really powerful and I had people reach out to me because it was on gaslighting. So can you please share for our listeners, what exactly is gaslighting? Well, the simple definition I have is D is actually if we were sitting next to each other right now and I slapped you across the face and you looked at me and you said, well, Mita, what, why did you just slap me across the face? And I looked at you dead in the eye and I said, I didn't slap you across the face. And so that is how gaslighting shows up. And it is a term that was coined in the 1970s. And a lot of times we hear gaslighting, about gaslighting in personal relationships. But I think why this struck a chord with people, because this is about gaslighting taking place in our workplaces. And so it is a form of psychological abuse. It is when somebody tries to take control over you and abuse that control of power. They try to manipulate you. They will lie to you to set you up to fail. They will tell you they did something just like I just said, I slapped you, I slapped you across the face and then I deny it happened. They will minimize, invalidate. They will do everything they can to undermine you. And this is happening in our workplaces right now. Yeah. 
So, you know, I appreciate the in-depth writing, but can you just talk about like how this even shows up for you or how, you know, what your experience is? Because I know, I feel like you speak to it from two different places, right? You have had a lot of experiences, like personal firsthand experiences as a woman of color, but also, you know, in the work that you do as an executive in the area of inclusion, diversity, and such, you are also a, a subject matter expert. But share now how this has been showing up or how it has shown up. Yeah. And I know Dee is kind and generous and also abides by her rules of coaching. And I have said this on a podcast episode before is I met Dee in 2017 at the Multicultural Women's Conference. We bonded. I became her client. Now I'm the client she can't get rid of, but I was her client. And I was actually her client when I was going through this and I was the target of gaslighting. And so I know Dee would never break that confidence as a coach, but she knows much of what I had been through. And I was the target of gaslighting and it would show up in the following way repeatedly. I was working for a former manager who would have me put together a presentation proposal. I would say, hey, so I'm going to come to the executive meeting and present it. He said, you would say, yeah, of course you're coming. You're coming. You're coming. Yes, of course. I would wait for the invite. It would never show up. I'd be texting. I'd be like, did I miss it in my email? I'm like ready to present. And then that afternoon, I would get an email from another executive vice president who would say, oh, we missed you today. Your boss presented the proposal. He said you were on vacation. You you did some nice work. And this would happen repeatedly. And so how it would show up would be the exclusion from meetings, right, of my own work, even though I was being told I could come. And then later he would say, well, no, I never said you were invited. It would also show up in privately telling me, yes, you're on track to be a VP, but then publicly with other leaders seeding a negative narrative of me. It would be things like, there's a leadership conference that I'd like to attend. There's no budget to send you, but everybody else is going at my level. So these are the ways that it would constantly show up at work. And when I wrote the piece and it came out, there are so many individuals who are going through this. And I don't have the data to say this, but I have the expertise like you do, that I think many women of color disproportionately are the targets of gaslighting. And so what I find interesting with these conversations, Dee, is when I bring up these topics, I talk about it from my own experience and then share the expertise and what I've observed I feel like sometimes the response is people will dismiss it and be like, well, it happens to everybody. That, that's happened to me too, right? Or you're being too sensitive. That's not real. D, I stumped you. You, you did. You did. I, I, you know, because it's just so frustrating, right? Because I sit on the other side now, right? When I started my career, I was in corporate America, but I'm so far removed you know, at diverse and engaged, but we do some work, but not to the level of having the experiences that you all have um, in the workplace. And it's so dismissive to say it's okay if it happens to everyone. That's not okay if it happens to everyone. And it doesn't in the same way. It does not happen to um, everyone in the same way, particularly women of color. So we are holding space here for women of color in general, Black, South Asian women in particular. And that's why we come to the table with receipts, we call them, okay? With real experiences so that you can pull your chair up and ear hustle, eavesdrop on a conversation that you've never been privy to. In fact, I think that was some of the feedback that we got on season one. So it's not okay if it happens to everyone and no, it doesn't in the same way. And so, yeah, I just think it's so so unfortunate for it to be dismissed. 
Yeah. And Dee, I will connect it to one of our other podcast episodes. If you haven't listened to, please go back to season one and listen to what to do when you go from being the office pet to the office threat, which is a phenomenon that we did not coin that was coined by a researcher who talks a lot about how this happens to black women, women in particular. That has also happened to me. And actually what happened was, as I was going from the office pet to the office threat, that's when the gaslighting started to occur because this individual was threatened by me and how I was showing up. And I was like, you hired me. I'm just here to do my job and make you and the company look good. But that's also when the gaslighting showed up. So one of the things we talk about in the piece and like you and I have talked about is like, what can allies do if they see these things happening? Like if I'm excluded from meetings, if I am not presenting my own work? What can leaders in positions of power do when they suspect this is happening? Yeah, I think, you know, I think the easiest thing to do is extend the invitation. So that's one. I think the obvious is to have a conversation, but I think what's easier first is just extend the invitation, right? Rather than confront what may or may not be true. Um, although we know as, as a Black woman, that happens. It definitely happens. But I think an easier way for allies, uh, not that we're wanting to make this easy, but just invite the individual. No, you extend. So if you, let's just play this out. So if my direct report is white cisgender male and he is not inviting Stephanie, and I know he did not do this work. I know Stephanie did it, but I'm at the top or at least I'm in the position, you know, I'm going to invite him to invite Stephanie. And I may even invite Stephanie myself or include an email, make sure Stephanie's in the, in the meeting or Stephanie look forward to seeing you in the meeting. So have, I, I think that's one way. And another way is to have a conversation, right? So I could have a conversation with my direct report to say, hey, you know, noticed we actually should have Stephanie in the meeting. Is there any reason why you think we shouldn't, right? That's a respectful way. Is there any reason why we shouldn't have Stephanie in the meeting? I love that tip. And I actually, you, when I interviewed you for Harvard Business Review for the piece, you talked about destabilizing the power. So what you meant by that, and in this situation, you are the person in that line of command. You have the power to talk to your direct report about bringing Stephanie in. But there could also be a situation where you're one of the executive vice presidents and my former boss, you sit on that leadership team. My former boss continues to shut me out. You can then invite me. And then you can also almost put that former boss on watch because you're a peer. This is peer to peer now. You, you're like, I, I see what you're doing, right? I see what you're doing and I'm not okay with it. So I think that's another interesting way in like the boardroom setting to be like, Hey, no, we're peers. And I see what you're doing. I see that you're you're gaslighting and you're leaving these individuals out intentionally. Yeah. And I, and I love, I love that because that's, I think I feel like defense and offense, like I'm going to go one more and offense is now that we have hit the diversity tipping point and we know that racism does exist in America and corporate workspaces, leaders everywhere could go the extra mile to say, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to open the doors or I'd like to create more seats at the table, right? And invite for every direct report, who on your team can you bring into this room? I'd like to, we, we, we want to make sure we're creating space, safe spaces for all. And so that could be the one up where it's not happening. So I'm talking about a one up. I'm talking about the boss, the leader who is, shooting for 
you know, to run the firm, to take over the industry, to take up, uh, you know, markets. It's, it's really going to be the one who really understands people and is better able to create inclusive workspaces. So go one up and start to create seats at the table for all. So now it's D has to bring, or my direct report, let's call him John, has to now, he's he's actually, let's call it the plus one. Let's call it the BTT plus one. Yes. Round table talk plus one. Plus one. We're there now bringing a plus one to the tables where there wasn't a, a plus one. In fact, let's let's just use the baseline of right Nasdaq and you know uh, Goldman uh, a couple years ago said they're not taking companies public that you know did not have diverse representation on the board. So right, creating more seats at the table, we could kind of use that as a baseline. So let's call it the BTT plus one. That's the next level of creating the space. So it's not just a, you know, a react or if Stephanie created the proposal, then she gets to come to the table. No, let's expand the table. Let's just create more seats, right? Yeah. For no, for those who are have been marginalized, underrepresented, right? Women, women of color, Black women, South Asian women, just marginalized, underrepresented, create more seats. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. So Dee, I want to connect this now to a conversation we see happening a lot around imposter syndrome. And there was a really great piece that was also written in the Harvard Business Review called uh, Stop Telling Women That They Have Imposter Syndrome. And I think imposter syndrome is a cousin of gaslighting. And here's why I'm going to tell you why. Because I don't have imposter syndrome. I have oftentimes not have imposter syndrome in my career. People make me feel like I have it because of the structures and the processes and the ways in which women of color have been treated and continue to be treated in their workplaces. People put that label on me. But what happens is when you are being gaslighted. And do you know me? You knew me very well during this time. I became a shell of myself. I lost so much confidence. It affected my mental, physical well-being. People who have been through this, and I'm so sorry if you're listening right now and if you're going through this, my heart goes out to you. I have been there and you will get to the other side and you will find what you are meant to do next and you will leave this situation. But you become a shell of yourself. And so then you start to embrace imposter syndrome because of the gaslighting. It's not that I never believed in myself. I believed in myself when I took this job. I knew I could do this job. Now, does that mean I wasn't nervous? Does that mean I wasn't anxious? Does that mean I wasn't thinking about how? Of course, that's all natural and normal. 
And imposter syndrome, for those who don't know, it is this belief that women, I will say, let's say women in particular, who are high achieving, who consistently just doubt themselves, they just consistently, but that hasn't always been me. What do you think about that with imposter syndrome and the connection for women of color? We have not talked about this. In fact, we really are now saving all of our conversations for BTT. This is so crazy because we never talked about it. A few months ago, maybe last year, I pushed back on imposter syndrome and a whole tribe of Black women also pushed back. And we said, "Uh, actually, that's not our stuff. So yes, Mita, I agree. Black women, finally. In fact, I have to find it and I'm going to post it on our homepage for the podcast. But yes, we we don't identify. We no longer identify with imposter syndrome. Black women, we do not identify. We just don't. We had taken that on. And I think some of us not even taken it on. We were kind of aware of this imposter syndrome and we were always kind of looking at it like side eye, kind of like, uh... Hmm. Okay. But what happens is so much is placed upon us, labels. And I think we are in a season and we are the generation now that we are adults, Not certainly not when we were children, but we push back. We are critical thinkers and we are stepping into being bold and unapologetic about who we are. So the opposite of of imposter syndrome, I think for women of color is we know exactly who we are. We know our genius. We know our power. We know, right? And it's not to say that we know everything, but we know our power. We know our genius. We know our value. We know what we bring to the table. And we know that a lot of times it's because we know we have so many challenges in the workplace in terms of being fully accepted, right? Which is why we often don't even bring our full selves to work. So I agree with you. I'm going to pause here, but just to say, I agree with you. And I promise you last year, and I have to go back and find where I shared publicly in the public domain, you know, that this is not our stuff. And as soon as I said it out loud, other women chimed in, other Black women, I should say, chimed in to say, imposter syndrome does not belong to Black women drop the microphone right there. Yeah, and this was in this other HBR piece with the two authors who talked about this, the label that's being put upon us. And I would say to you, I never felt like a fraud in this assignment. It was put upon me through the gaslighting. The gaslighting became so bad that I then embraced imposter syndrome for the first time in my life, feeling like I am a complete loser, I'm a complete fraud. This was an individual who told me I was incompetent. I had no business doing this job. No one else would ever hire me in the organization. Like it got to be really bad. So then I can see how the gaslighting can then get you to imposter syndrome and how those two things can be related, actually. I mean, it's all all interrelated. As we get to the tips and as we start to close out, the one thing, and I know we'll talk about this in tips, the one thing that I wish for anyone who's listening, allies, the one thing I wish, D that people had done was that they believed me. Mm. I wish that they had believed me. You believed me, of course. You always believed me. But there were so many people in my life that didn't believe that it was happening or thought that I was being sensitive, in, in, being overly sensitive or making it up or just be stronger, just buck up, right? And you're like, wow. So not only do I have this boss who's gaslighting me, but then I have colleagues 
I have people outside of work who don't really believe that this is happening. And what I will tell you is what's really interesting is that as you study individuals who are gaslighters, and I think that's another episode for another time, they do a good job of isolating individuals. Mm, So I was being, I, I was the target of gaslighting and there was also someone else who was also experiencing it, but they did a good job of separating us. And so those are some of the things you have to watch for, but, but please believe people. If you want to be an ally and you're on this journey, believe me when I come and share this with you. It is not the time for you to be an investigative journalist, for ask me, ask me a thousand questions, to tell me it's not true, to dismiss it, to create false equivalencies with your own experiences. Just listen and believe me and support me. Wow. I don't know if there's anything else to say after that before we get to the tips, but that was so powerful. Just believe. When you hear, believe and know that everyone has their own unique experience. And that is the the value of this show so that you will now know. In fact, if you didn't know, now you know. Now In you fact, know. if you are a leader, now you know. Okay. And so and so use it to your advantage to become a better person, not just become a better ally, but to become a better person, to become a better leader, and to create greater impact, I think, along along your journey. Because the people who really embrace this and what what we are sharing and the gems that we're dropping the people who really embrace it are going to win in life right they're, they're just going to going to win you're going to do better so powerful story mita well listen before i get any more emotional let's let's go to the tips <laughs> <laughs> all right so now we're going to move on to the tips the tips on what to do when you've been the target of gaslighting and these are tips both from the perspective of someone, if you're listening right now, and if you are the target of gaslighting and for allies and how they will show up. I'm going to actually ask Dee to do the first four tips because these are tips that Dee gave me when she was my coach. And these are things that she encouraged me to do. So Dee, over to you to take us through those first four. Awesome. Awesome. I would say tip number one is just start with documenting. And I know you've heard this before, document document, document. And I believe documenting happens in two ways. One, there's always your personal journal, a handwritten journal that you keep at home. Um, Now, you know, I, I think that that's what you should do for your career. And I think the other way to document is uh, follow-up emails work really well for documentation. So when you've had a meeting or an encounter to clarify action steps or misunderstandings, and, you know, there's a way to do that that doesn't put yourself at risk of any bullying, but that would be tip number one, document, document, document. Tip number two, you know, share what's happening with a trusted ally. Uh, You know, I hate to say it this way, but I'll say it. Witnesses are always great, um, but just take it as number two. Share with a trusted ally. You need a safe space to download, and it's better to do it with a trusted ally. Uh, It'll help you to process. And then for the allies, I have two tips for you. So number three, offer to go with the target, go with them to HR, be, be a support, just, just go with, right? Because remember, allies are not passive and allies are not neutral. You are there as an ally to interrupt, disrupt, and support. And it's very much an action. And then tip number four for allies, work to isolate this gaslighter and make a case for them to no longer manage 
people. It takes a lot of courage, but I'm going to leave it as that. Now, Mita, over to you for tip number five. Well, Dee, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart without getting too emotional. You were really there for me during that time and your coaching was invaluable. And those are tips that I followed. Number five is to put yourself first. You are valuable. You are worthy. You deserve to be in places where we say where we're celebrated. Go and work somewhere where you are valued, where you are seen and you are heard. And so with that, that ends today's episode of the Brown Table Talk. Thank you so much for joining us. Dee and I so appreciate you. If you liked what you heard, please give us a like, a share, a review, share with your community, and we will see you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.roundtabletalkpodcast.com.